Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The edge position in general is extremely interesting. Given it's not one of our top scoring positions, it's one of those ones where it's very difficult, in my opinion, to start with the really top of the top guys, unless it is uh, David Fafida at this stage. And he has his own issues coming into this season, coming off uh, an injury to his pec there. He's had a a partial pec tear and has had surgery on that. So he's not going to have much of an off-season there. We've got Jermaine Hopgood who is that high-priced dual position guy as well. We're going to want him at some point. But from there, majority of our edges seem to be somewhere around that 50 to 55 if they're some of the edge guns at this stage. So it is a position where you want to be looking a little bit more to the mid-range. So you won't see as many of those guys in this video, but it's clear and important to know that there are some guys in this list that you are going to want either fairly early in the season or you could start with one of them and then work out and uh, the rest of your edge position, fill it with sort of mid-ranges and cheapy guys, which are a lot between the mid and also the edge. Something to note as well, guys, across the three positions we've covered so far in the hookers, the mids, and also the edge, is that it's going to be very hard to even get any guns in your side at all. So in the hooking position, it might be one. You might, might also pick up one mid, whether it's a, a paint house, a debellin, or something like that. In the edge, it may be very difficult to select any of these guns at all. But again, very good to know because very early on in the season, sort of around three, four, five, six, somewhere around there, there's a good chance you're going to be adding another gun to your side. And it could be in the edge position if some of your mid-rangers go well. It's really important to note which one of these guys has the best role. And then we'll get that few weeks to have a look at them in general to find out if they're going to be worth popping into your team or not. So slide in here to... My little synopsis of this edge guns position and, and what you want to be looking at for the majority uh, of, of decent starting edge players, they're really going to score between 40 and 50. So anyone that you'll see, yeah, you see Dan Russell and these types of guys, they come into a dragon squad and, and very clearly be a 40 plus guy. You've seen it with plenty others. So it seems to be a position for cheapies and mid-range guys that if they're priced around the 20 mark, maybe the 25, 30, 35, 
that a lot of them can get somewhere between 40 and 50. It's getting above 50 and 55 that I feel is the, the most difficult prospect for an edge player, as you can see via the stats. We don't have Hopgood in here, given he we touched on him during the mid-analysis. But if you're selecting edge players, you want them to be sort of that 40 to 50 guy and has the ability to move up into this 55 to 60 range. Or if they're priced down a decent amount, so they're priced into about that 25 to 30, 35, as we said, and they have around that 10 points of value. So that's something to really note for the edge guns here. The in-between guys don't seem to be worth it, just as edge isn't one of the best scoring positions like we spoke about and is usually very volatile. So you'll see guys there that's, you know, you think that they're going to do pretty well and then sometimes they just don't get the tackles in that game or they happen to miss a few tackles on that edge. We see guys like Hill and Lukey sort of have up and down games and kind of cook you in a few games but then do really well in others and sometimes these mid-price fringe edge guys get dropped for another edge or they move one of their middles to an edge. There's a few things that can happen in the in this position. So taking a punt on a risky pick here normally doesn't work too much, but if you think that a guy's got a decent amount of job security, they're a cheaper guy, um, then they're going to have some value. Even if it is a sort of three to five week play, they're usually going to be a high chance of scoring somewhere in that, you know, near that 40 range, which is going to be cool. As we've got here, Fafita and or Hopgood will be very important at some point in the season as they're the clear top scorers, but are they going to be important right now? Let's get into these players now there with David Fafita at 843k. The average is 61.3. So let's talk about the injury stuff, but he should be sweet for round one, but not it's not ideal prep for his fitness. And the big thing for Fafita last year was his he, how well he increased his base stat. So he's clearly the best edge just ahead of Hopwood, Hopgood. And we're going to own him at some point. Um, he's definitely someone to consider there at the moment. And we go to davefafitasfootystatistics.com stats here. And you see here, he had a very, very terrific start to the year, mainly kicking off from round four. So he did have a 46 in round three, a 56 and a 63 up top. So nothing to sneeze at, but really got into his work from round four all the way through until he got picked for origin there. His lowest score was 63 with a bunch of 70s and an 83 there as well. So... For those that did own Fafita during that time period, they did really, really well. And then moving him on around Origin time seemed to be the way to go. Just with uh, the few games that he did miss from that first one, he had a 30-minute game there. Um, and then from there, he still had a pretty solid season, but his stats dropped off a little bit, considering he had a 40, a 54, a 49, and a 46 in that time. So really, for a lot of these type of guys, the best time to get them is after they've had a few games to kind of warm up, let's say. Uh, and then get into their work and, and go from there. The big the big thing from here for Fafita here is the fact that he didn't score a hell of a lot of tries like he did in previous years. His try assist numbers were up a little bit, so his passing game was on show, but it wasn't uh, he wasn't being used as kind of that battering ram going over for tries week in, week out, and that's probably a little bit of an area that could be improved compare, comparing him there to previous years where he's had um, you know, some, some periods there where he would go on try scoring runs. And so even, even 2022 wasn't uh, a clear try scoring year for him. So he's one of those guys that probably has a little bit of upside on tries. If, if the Titans happen to go really well, will they use him on the left? Will they use him on the right with both for more? There's a few things to think about with Fafita, but I would suggest at this point with the pri the, the money that we have available to use, it's going to be pretty tough to fit David Fafita in your side, but keep him in your sights. Very, very, uh, early on in the season, that's for sure. We'll go to Nat Butcher next um, in the list here. So not, one of those dual position guys, there's not many of them, so that's something to note there. 
you'd imagine he gets that edge position, but if he doesn't, then we're going to be picking up whoever gets the spot, if it's Crichton, if it's uh, if it's Wong, something like that. But if he does get that spot and looks like he's going to be an 80-minute guy, then he's, he's, a, he's a man at 54 average. You're probably expecting that from him. Not going to be in origin. He's fighting to get that edge spot. The jewel with plenty of quality about him, we know that, but he can be very inconsistent with lots of 60 pluses and then plenty under 50. So he's definitely someone to consider throughout the season, but are you going to look at him in round one? So with that, they, you see the majority of his games are in that 80-minute second row role. But there's a bunch of games there in sort of the 40s and, and mid-50s, and then he'll have some random breakout games with an 82 there, with a 72, and then a bunch of sort of 60s in and around uh, that mark. So he really got into his work sort of mid-season and then really improved from there. Um, and yeah, one of those guys will be thereabouts when the, uh, when the whips are cracking at the uh, sort of end of the season as one of those top-tier sort of edge guns, and we'll see if he, uh, he remains there, that's for sure. John Bateman is the next one on the list. So he's one of those guys that uh, has averaged more than this in the past. The question with Bateman is, is he the type of, is he this going to be this type of scorer long-term or does he have a little bit more, a little bit extra in him? Um, but we will have to see, I suppose, at the start of the season for him. You know, pretty well show what he will be. I, I think with the base stats were very high this year compared to in previous, it was a lot, uh, yeah, obviously base was high, but then he had the attacking on top. So if he was able to bring them back that attack, to be he would become super re- super relevant there. So I think he's someone to definitely consider. If you're looking at um, you know minutes wise, you could take out a few of those lower minute games because you would imagine that he would play uh, some some extra time in general. So if he ra- maintains his spot on the, in the second row there, um, and we get those minutes over sixty, then what you see is a fifty six average. So a couple of points of value for, for Bateman there. But what you're looking at there is a guy that only scored two tries. And when he did that, he got a 65 and an 85. And he did only have one try assist and two line breaks. So for Bateman, it's extremely low. And he's definitely one of those players that could get back up towards that 60 mark. But there is a little bit of risk that he probably just maintains his current role. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But for for someone that uh, has come back in his first season, it's not like he absolutely dominated throughout the back end of the year and kind of got into his work. He just had sort of some inconsistent uh, games there where he um, where he would do really well and then he would have some lower ones as well in the 40s. But that middle part of the season was where he hit his straps and uh, yeah, was making plenty of big tackles there, playing some games through the middle, as you could tell, um, with, with those couple of games there, the 85 and the 65. Is he a 55 type of guy? And the answer is probably yes, but I don't see much downside for Bateman at that. We go to Nicara on the next the next man on the list, and we're looking at him at seven twenty two k price point of fifty two and a half average. And I think for Nicara, this is probably what he's going to be every year. Very clearly, a sort of low fifties type of guy in the top sort of echelon at edges, and he could be one that you do consider at some point. But I think he's an avoid to start the season. His regular tries keep him above that fifty average, and with the Sharks, there's lots of mouths to feed, and and you do see him used as a bit of a regular decoy with the guys that they have out back in Jesse Ramey and Sione Katoa. Um, yeah, sort of Hines going himself and a few things like that, or Kennedy sweeping out the back and and uh, leaving Nikara in the uh, the decoy line for sure. But you see him uh, in that first four games scored three tries. So had the 39 to start, but then obviously began to dominate there, Got a you know, had a game off and then scored a try again, and then had a few more tries in that back end, 16, 18, and also 20. So... Very, very normal for him to pick up a line breaker game, whether that includes a try or a try assist, uh, not always. 
But uh, as you can see there, a guy that's going to be getting you some 60s and then he'll pick up the 40s and the like and, and end you up with a 52 and a half average. So that is Britain Nicara. Someone that's a little bit more of interest, I think, for many coaches is that of Isaiah Papali'i. At 716k, the average is 52.1. Very, very interesting. Considering he's a plus 60 guy in the previous two years, he's very, very, a very, very, a very, very interesting pick. Best edge in fantasy in those years as well. And now he's outside the top five if you pop Hopgood back in there. So is there a chance for him to bounce back? The big worry with him and obviously Bateman is the fact they have a buy first round. It's a lot of money to have sitting on there um, when you're not sure that he's going to be a top tier guy. He could well be, but he's probably one of those guys you do want to look at after they've had their buy uh, as a potential if he's going well at the start as one of those guys that I was saying is you, that you bring in as a gun following from that. His base stats were down four uh, from, from the, pre- the previous seasons, and his attacking stats were down as well, obviously since his time at the Eels where he was scoring plenty of tries. He does play better on the right as well. So does Bateman move to the middle? Does Glor get the left edge? Does Papali'i move to the right? There are a few question marks with Isaiah here. Um, and the question is, like, is he actually a potential value gun? And that's something we'll have to, to note there going forward. So, yeah, with that 52 average, you see... Not many games here last year where he picked up tries. So just a couple for the year, which is pretty disgusting you know, for a guy that was incredibly dominant in previous years and just a few line breaks at that. When he played for the Eels, there was a bunch more regular tries. He uh, was picking up a lot more tackle breaks than he picked up this year. There were a few games where he did well, but for the most part, it was down in that 2-3-4 range compared to many more games around the sixes uh, in previous years. And, and sometimes the meters gained were a little bit down at times last year, especially through the back end of the year. At the beginning, his meters game were very high, like they were at the Eels, and it kind of went away from there. So I doubt there's too much downside on Isaiah Papali, but the upside we're currently unsure of, and we'll have to wait and see, I think, with him on that one. Let's go to Ola Kawatu, who uh, a few people have as, as an interesting type of option here, but I just see for Homole, he's very, very up and down. He relies a lot on tries as well. I just don't see the value here with his time. You know, time will be split on both edges with Brooks, so a little bit more time spent on the left-hand side than there was on the right. Uh, I just think naturally, with Brooks, Brooks being there, being a good running uh, running player there, they'll, they'll spend a little bit more time down that side. So there's no real upside on that front for Hamole there. And uh, yeah, plenty of tries early. You know, Picking up a two-try double and getting 41 just doesn't excite me at all for a back rower. Um, even the next two games to score trying at 62. There were a few later in the year as well. He kind of got bailed out with tries there, a 48 with a try. Um, and obviously, a finish, uh, he finished off the year with a 93 as well. So I think he's about a 50-point scorer, and I just don't see much improvement from him considering he scored a lot of tries. Um, there's line breaks in there. Just a, a lot of missed tackles is, is what he has in his game, and he's never been a high meters gain guy. 174, 152, and 150. Uh, yeah, a bunch of 150s and 198 in there. So there's some games where he does get a line break. He can get some big meters that way. But for the most part, his, ta- his tackles are too low um, and his run meters aren't high enough um, for a, you know, a 50, sort of 45 to 50 base with some attacking stats on that. Not for me, unfortunately, there. But Tyson Frizzell, a little bit more in our wheelhouse, I would say. For him there, the average of 54 in no injury of Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Expected games was obviously, you know, a couple of points undervalued. He shouldn't play Origin. Really strong right edge. He plays round 13. I think he's someone you just need to consider off that as a guy you would hope to, to hold in your team for the longer term. So when you look at him there, as I said, you take out that injury-affected game in round one, the 12, and then the, even take out the four. You can keep the 49 just because he did really well, but it shows that he can he can do good things in lesser minutes. You know, if it's 60, if it's 70, sometimes that can happen. Sometimes he'll... He'll score lower in those minutes as well. So inconsistencies are yeah, very much a thing for the edges, that's for sure. But he's someone that can have really big games as well. You see the 70s, the 65s. But for the most part, he's around that, around the 50s mark with a couple of games in the low 40s, a couple of games in the 60s and 70s. And uh, he's going to do that year in, year out. He did miss a few random games here and there. He did get picked in Origin as well. So if he's not around that, uh, yeah, around the Origin system, then which I think should be the case this year, given he's another year older, um, and uh, yeah, Freddie was making some interesting calls with him and, and with the uh, with the Origin team. That's for sure. That uh, he's one of those guys that I think you can definitely consider as a full season option, a seven fourteen. But uh, yeah, could potentially be some other options down here as well. And I see Jacob Preston being in a fairly similar boat at that with uh, with how he scored. So fifty three average for him in games where he started on the edge. He had two sin bins in that as well. So that obviously dropped him down ten minutes plus also the, the points that you lose, the seven or so. They're in a better side, most likely, this year. So, you know, can his sky, try scoring ways continue? I definitely think they could. So there's not too much more to say on Preston. Obviously, an improving player uh, as well himself, given it'll be his second year in the league. And, uh, yeah, I just think that the, he seems to find the try line really well. There's a couple of games where he got doubles. But outside of that, um, you know, six tries in total. And uh, was, a, was a man that could obviously find the line at certain times and, and puts himself in positions to be really successful. So you're looking at that there, and for the most part, there's some really nice 50-plus games, um, you know, the odd 60s games in there and an 82, and then some of the low ones there where the sin bins come, the 37 in that one there, and then the other sin bin game, he picked up a 42. So uh, that obviously that brings in a few of the low games, but for the most part, he's going to be a guy that'll be a very consistent 50s guy. I think he has the 80 minutes on lock, in this side, and uh, I don't see much downside on Preston. He could be one of those guys that pushes right up into that 55 to, to 60 echelon um, if he takes that next step that uh, we, we would hope for in a better side, likely, uh, and also him improving as a better player. Let's go to Bryce Cartwright next, the 667, everyone's hometown hero from last year, that's for sure. He ends up in uh, 10th in in the, uh, the overall rankings for the edges, which is just incredible. So I think for him, he's got three-point upside if he gets the 80 minutes. So he did have games where he, where he played less last year. 
does he keep the 80 minutes? It's probably the question mark. The great memories from last season. He's definitely someone to consider. He'll have games where he's absolutely dominant, uh, as you can see here, even just at the back end of the year. Uh, was offloading, was scoring tries, was doing great things. A 74, 74, 51, 88, um, and then some low ones. So he's going to be the up and down type of guy. Had some sort of 30s and 20s uh, through that middle period, but he was um, losing some minutes, but then he had a 26 um, and a 34 over a, th a four-week span there in big minutes as well. So he's one of those guys that is going to be all over the shop. If you like the roller coaster, he'll be sweet. With a pretty good buy schedule, you can see here with the uh, edges or with the Parramatta Eels players anyway. Let's move to Keon Kolomitangi. Not someone I ever have much interest in, but I know some a lot of people actually message me about him. So I think it's a tale of two halves for him. His scoring follows the Bunnies winning you know, efforts, basically. So there's a potential upside for him if you get the right guy and if you get him at the right time. You can see a really, really good start for him. Did some great things from that uh, from that standpoint, and he came into he very much came into contention for Origin, and then uh, you know things dropped down from there. Unfortunately for him, and he didn't play anywhere near as well in that second part of the season. There's lots of thirties, lots of forties, and I'm just scared that that could be him. But if the Bunnies are playing really well, that right side's humming. I think that he could he could do really well and get himself up in here it's to seven eighty two like he did last year. So it could be a hundred k of value for a certain period of time. He could also be a 30s and 40s guy and ruin you. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one with Keon because, you know, if he happens to come out with a few low ones and you have him, you could be like, oh, but it tries just around the corner. And then if it doesn't come, you're frustrated at that. But he could come out and boom for you in the first few games as well. So he's scary for sure. But one I think a few people will start with given he's in the 600 range there. So vote for more. 660K, he averaged 52 in 2022. So he had 11 tries, which is pretty high. But he's one of those guys that, again, in a pretty average team, they were middle of the rung kind of team, was able to score lots of tries and outplay David Fafita. So there's a little bit of slight value, obviously, if he repeats that, given his price at uh, at the 48 here, so four points in value. But he's coming off an ACL, ACL injury. He will have the whole preseason to be ready here, given it, uh, it happened in the last preseason. I think some, someone you can consider, but likely I think you should avoid both for more in that one. So if you look here at his 22 stats there, there's games where he scored tries and got 60 plus. Uh, a try here in 44. There's also good base stat games as well. 48 tackles in here, 104 meters with just the two misses. It was great. He had some errors in him as well, so 41 in the next game. Uh, but yeah, then into 60s and finished with an 88. So again, an inconsistent type of score, like we said, the edge position is. Coming off an ACL injury, not sure which side he's going to play. Not sure if he's going to play 80 minutes. He is a bit of a risk, I think, in fantasy. In Supercoach, he has a lot more value given he's in the 400s there. So, yeah, someone I consider in that, but not in fantasy. Hudson Young at 646K. So, he's a, an interesting one as well. Obviously, he started really poor last year with 15 and 7, 27, his first two games. And then he got up to 740k from there after that uh, slow start. So again, another guy that could shoot up in value quickly if he scores tries, and that's a lot of people in the edge position in general. Averaging 52 in 2022 as well uh, means that there could be five five points of upside if he gets back to to some of his skills and then to, uh, where you sort of want him to be. He's not next to Whiten anymore. Does that sort of help him? Does that hinder him? I'm not sure. Um, obviously, when Whiten did pass in the ball, they have to, you know, they had Whiten as a, a very much a running threat. So, you know, does that hinder him? It probably does. Can he bounce back? That's the the big question. And for Hudson, you take those couple of games out. He's obviously around that fifty plus 
scoring and you saw that here as soon as he, he got rid of those games out of his belt he, he got into his work and then ended up getting picked for origin as well so uh, playing that first game and then again was up and down to finish the year pretty low there so he had he has stretches of games just like all these other guys and he could be a decent one to start with but uh yeah a bunch of buys there round 14 round 10 as well something to note there with hudson young all righty Let's move to Jack Bird was the next guy on the list. So with him not having the center tag anymore, a good chance of playing in the centers. His knee's not great, sort of hanging on by a thread there. I definitely think that Jack Bird is someone you could just avoid and we'll leave him there just being placed in the edge position. Teague Wilton, same price, average of 46.7. He got injured partway through the season, more than halfway, I believe. He's close to a 50 guy, positional worry for me, uh, given he was a chance, he was close to being uh, dropped at some point. Does he play 65 minutes? Does he not? Lots of questions with Teague at this stage, given he's uh, coming off that injury in round 20 there. Uh, so you take that out, and obviously he's up a fair bit from there. He had some 67-minute games in round 14, 15, so they're experimenting with him playing less minutes. He does miss a fair few tackles, which is obviously hurtful in fantasy, given it's a negative two. Can score tries, which he got you know a bunch of them last year, given he got seven, what five on that front which was, you know, okay. Could be more, for sure, if the Sharks really click. Um, but, yeah, I just think he's someone you can avoid. Uh, I'd much rather prefer the next guy on our list in Eli Katoa than I would of uh, Teague Wilton, which will uh, will explain my thoughts on Eli right now. So 639K, he averaged 46.5 across the season. So when we're talking about the edge guys, we want them to be sort of in that, you know, 54 to 55 range if we're considering them a top, top gun. He averaged 52 in the 77-minute uh, when he played 77 minutes. So that provides some value up front in itself. And we'll just look into those stats in a second. But he scored tries at the end of the year and didn't really score many at the start. Had a few line breaks, but uh, missed out on that front. First full, full year at edge. And he uh, the big thing for him is that he got that 77 minutes a game when he didn't have concussion-affected games. So and I also think him being a bigger guy, it was a bit unlucky that he ended up picking up those concussions. I believe one of them he got... He was on the ground and got kicked in the head. I can't remember exactly what that was, but it was a bit of a strange one, the way he um, the way he got concussed in that. And, and he's going to learn more around tackling technique and stuff as well. So I think he's a really solid option at the beginning of this year. It's obviously a bit of an awkward price at 639 when we do have a lot of mid-ranges. But if you can put a lot of those guys in the middle section, then that could be helpful and allow you to, to plug someone in like Eli Katoa. So a buy-in round four is a little bit frustrating in 13 as well. That might be enough just to sway you away That's that he, that he does miss out on 13. There's a good chance you trade him out anyway. Yes, he, he would be playing 14, 16, 17, but that round 13 buy, um, there's, a, there's a chance that he doesn't go to up to the heights that you'd be hoping for. So there's definitely a caveat to selecting Eli Katoa in this one. But what you're looking at is the start of the season all the way through until round 12. He did miss round nine there. Um, with a yeah concussion-affected game. Unfortunately for him, that one, I end up having him for that 19. But uh, as I said, you take those those couple of bad ones out there and he's averaging 52 in those big minutes. And uh, he was able to score fairly well at 63, 58, 59 there with some line breaks, but no tries uh, in that one. So I suppose you could say that line breaks and the tackle breaks and offloads and the like that he got there and the try assists in that, in that fourth game uh, were not like similar to that of a try. But he also, had, as I said, had games there where he's really just sort of working out the role. Storm were, were kind of okay last year. Will they be similar this year? He's going to be inconsistent. There's a lot of things to think about. When he came back at the end of the year, he did start to score some tries, and he picked up 58, uh, 55, 
82, 61, and 59. So he's not without his risk. And I think just talking about it now, I've, I've talked myself out of it just with the fact that there's going to be so many options. And you'd rather go for an out-and-out gun in a paint house or something like that, I think. But if you did decide to go for Eli Katoa, I don't think you're going to miss out. Um, at worst, I think you'll be a 46 guy if you hold him for, let's just say you hold him for eight rounds. Um, you'll be able to loop him in round four. And at a minimum, I think he's a 46 guy. At a, at a real positive note, I think he's a 55 guy. So, yeah, have a little have a little think about Ellie, that's for sure. And to finish things off, we've got Jaden Sua. So, 6.33 for him. The average is 46. I've ended this section, guys, at a 45 average. So, if you're watching this, anyone under this 45 average is going to be in the mid-tier. And then we've got a cheapies video as well. So, thanks for being here for that. Jaden Sua, if you look at his numbers there, he's got two points of value. He's not a keeper. Uh, in my opinion. So I just think he's an under 50 guy. Don't has doesn't have the upside. I think you just avoid on his front. And then you look at the best options for points of value in this edge position. You're looking at the first one being Fafita. Second one being Hopgood. So clearly the two top guys on this list. And then from there, I think Papali'i has the most potential to be a top tier gun, given he did it the two years prior. He was number one at 62 points. So a little bit of value given he's at 52, and uh, your potential for high points as well. But they, ha him and Bateman both have the buy-in round one. So I think they're someone you probably look at a little bit early-ish in the season if they come out really hot. Um, but yeah, definitely could be avoided in general. Eli Katoa, I think there's some value there for sure. Um, one of those guys that could potentially have a little bit more value, but average sort of in that low to mid-50s. Frizzell and Preston, I really like both of them as well as guys you can hold for the majority of the season that won't play Origin uh, and do a great job for you as well. So you see that with sort of anywhere from three down is all guys that won't be playing Origin and just can do a really good job for you at some point in the early season. You know, that's not starting with them, but maybe that's in round four, five, six or something like that. You bring one of these guys in who's in a little bit of form or who has stepped up their game. So there's there's potential for, for all all five of these guys, really. I think Frizzell's probably the only one that doesn't have too much further upside, um, but we know what he can, what he's done for a longer period of time than someone like Preston. But Preston has that little bit more upside there. So all those guys, plenty of there's plenty of options, guys. Um, but yeah, I guess I suppose the big thing is when you'd be looking at selecting them here. Thank you for being a part of the Edge video, guys. We'll get into the halves next, which will be pretty fun, and obviously the centers and the wing fullbacks before we get into any other positional videos from there. I think once we've done the guns. We'll get into our 30-man squads in, in all of the teams. I think that's going to be lots of fun, and then we'll go from there, guys. It should be fairly sequential, uh, the way we go through things on this channel. And thank you for, for being here. Obviously, have, I hope you had a great New Year's, and we'll be daily videos from here on in. Thanks, guys. See you later.